Hey friends, Ashton Gustafson here and welcome to another episode of Good, True and Beautiful. I am super excited today. It was probably a month or so ago, uh, a friend of mine sent me a post from our guest and he goes, I don't know, uh, he said, I don't know why, but I feel like you and this guy are in a similar vein. And so I did my, I did a deep dive on him and his work in the world. Uh, he's a writer, he's a poet, he's a musician. His lyrics are beautifully surprising, I could say that. And after getting to know his work for the last month or so, I reached out to him and I said, hey, I feel like we need your voice here at the table. And he was kind enough to say he would come on and join us. So joining us today is Andy Squires from Charlotte, North Carolina. Super excited to get to know him. And uh, my senses are he, he he may turn into one of our village elders here at Good, True, and Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, Andy, welcome to Good, True, and Beautiful. Uh, my Pardon my botched bio uh, uh, for you. Uh, as I'm fumbling forward here, but when when you introduce yourself and your work in the world, like where do you begin? Gosh, um, you know, I I just turned 49 years old. I, I actually just feel like I'm getting started, <laughs> um, but I, I've I've primarily been known. I don't have a real big audience, but my my little niche audience that does um, care about what I do. I'm, I'm primarily known as a musician, um, and and I'm you know m- known mainly in you know faith circles, Christian faith circles. Um, but definitely, um, I'm not in the 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 world of CCM by any means. Um, but. Uh, I've just recently stumbled into writing and we can talk about that at some other point, I guess. Um, but, uh, the, the, the poet priest, um, title, I guess that I've been, um, working around is kind of just this intersection, uh, between, you know, poetry and theology, which, which is really just kind of like me working out my own existential angst in the world, you know, working it out out loud. So yeah, I, I guess, I guess that's what I'm doing. That's what you're, that's <laughs> what you're up to. Um, yeah. 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 So, um, I, I, I'm grateful because I, I think I, I, I guess I'm new to, we'll call it your niche. Um, but, but I also know that like the voice that you are bringing, the questions that you're bringing, um, the, the awe and the wonder coupled with the angst and aggravation, uh, you're, you're, you're voicing what a lot of us have been trying to navigate, have been trying to navigate on the inside. Um, Mm. and so I'm, I'm super curious. I always begin with artists and and writers from like a, a standpoint of, like daily practice, daily ritual, that which keeps you tuned in to the divine rhythm. Like, do, do you have any daily practices that you've been like, hey, 49 years in, this is the juice. If, I, if, I, if I'm not here each day, um, or are you more, is it more flow and it just comes your way? Uh, yeah. Um, full disclosure, I'm, I'm a pretty bad Christian when it comes to daily practices. Um, 
but there are some things that I've always done my entire life that I that I that I realize have gotten me to the place that I'm at right now. And so so I've I've always been in pursuit of God some some way somehow um, in the different um, Christian tribes that I've been a part of my entire life. There's always been some for, form of like devotional pursuit with God. I. I am not like a read your Bible, pray every day type of a person. I got nothing against people who are, uh, but I'm just trying to tell you that, that I, I don't do that. It, it, and it's quite possibly to my detriment, although I do read the Bible a lot. And and I would say that I, I, I pray often. Um, but, but a couple of things that I've always done is I've always been a big reader. And then I've always been a big writer. And so I think that uh writing re- reading reading is always bringing this i would say i like the the river of god into my my humanity uh and and, and when i say reading it can be anything it can yeah. be uh fiction theology philosophy whatever pulp fiction even i guess um but then but then the outflow of that is is my writing and and I've done that poorly. Like I've written, I've written a flood of work, but most of that has been kind of like being a student of writing, hmm. whether it's in the songwriting or in prose. Um, I've done a lot of really really bad work, but I think I've done enough bad work over the course of my life that it's it's caught up with me into and it's turned into good work or or at least decent work and and in that work i've i i can feel some some sense of satisfaction with with the answers about life that i've been able to arrive at yep yep well said and i i second the notion on um creativity and and a little bit of its contingency being exposed to new ideas, new whether whether it is fiction, nonfiction, memoir, whatever art, I always think there 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 is something to be said about our paths. If we can find a daily practice of just crossing paths with new uh, data, information, wisdom, mystery, uh, uh, myth, story, like all of the above, I do think there's something there of like some input connected to the output, which is, I think, what you're saying. Yeah, that is what I'm saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah 100%. I, I think a lot of your writing, um, I'm super curious about people who, it seems like they are keenly aware to, to, to the sacrament of the present moment, that, that they are not past and they are not future, they are present. That's what I get in your writings. You're one of those voices that I'm like, gosh, why am I not paying more attention to what he's seeing? Um, and so I'm super grateful for that. How have you, how have you 49 years in developed that eye for the here and now? Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I think it, if I was to, <clears throat> well, I'm not sure how, what the metaphysics are of this, but but I I have to admit that I do believe in in 
callings or vocations, people having certain callings on their lives from the Spirit of God. And um, I think that for artists, artists are people who who seem to be maybe 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 they lean towards awareness more. Maybe mm. they're more more often keenly aware. And that's maybe what differentiates the artists from non-artists. And, and I really don't appreciate the, uh, there's kind of a, like a dualism mm -hmm. around the art where there's this constant, like, um, infatuation with artistic people as if, as if they were better than other people. And I just don't think that's the case or as if they were more interesting or lived deeper lives. And I, I think there's plenty of shallow artists out there. So, so I'm not really talking about depth, but I, what I will say is that from my observation, uh, artists tend to be more observant they, they, they maybe are just people who are walking around in awe, um, e even of, of things that are maybe not necessarily awe-stricken awe or stricken or how, whatever the word would be. Um, and um, we, my wife and I, we have a bunch of kids and we homeschool them. And I remember trying to teach my kids about poetry and them being frustrated with poetry and like it just didn't make sense to them, and I, I I remember thinking about what 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 is poetry or what is writing that is that's observant. What, what is it? And and I I remember coming up with this notion that all poetry is is revealing in some way how <clears throat> most everything is connected. There's, there's a connectedness within the universe. Disparate, seemingly disparate things are connected to each other. Um, so that, I think that's like, a, like, in terms of human discovery, that's a very uh, curious thing to me. And I, I always feel that invitation from life to like, ooh, look, look at that. That, mm. that reminds me of that. And that is connected to that. And just, it's maybe like, I have this dopamine addiction to where when I can see something that I've never seen being connected before, it's like, it's like a, a hit, yeah. you know, it's like, a, it's like a sip of bourbon or something like that. It just releases chemicals into your brain that just feels so good. And so, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, you're swimming through a lot of frustration before you can get to that like aha moment, you know? So, so, it's not just the ecstatics of art or poetry. It's it's the blue collar work ethic yeah. of, of art and poetry that eventually, hopefully, sow into those moments where you can see those connections. Yep, yep, well said. No, I love that poetry being the glue, being the 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 hidden hum that connects all things. Um, yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, when did you start writing poetry? Like at what age were you like, this joint's connected and it's electric and <laughs> I need to write about it? Yeah. Well, I, I was a kid. Uh, this is a, this is a cute story. Uh, my parents divorced when I was real young and my little brother and I, we lived with our dad. 
our dad was, uh, he was, he was such a good dad. He, he is a good dad. He, he was, he was working full time and he was putting himself through college, but he still like made dinner for us every night and made sure we, you know, got baths and he put us into bed, tucked us in bed every night. But I have this memory of him reading every single night. He would read to us among other books. He would read to us Shel Silverstein's uh, where the sidewalk ends. Mm. Um, so that, that, you know, it's, it's poetry for kids, but man, I go back occasionally and I read it. I read it to my kids as they were growing up. I don't know, just the irony and the wit that was embedded in those little poems, I think taught me from a very early age, uh, before I even got into literature classes in, in high school, I understood like all the different types of situational ironies, and, uh, and, and things of that sort. Uh, so I remember in high school getting poetry assignments from our teachers and the other kids dreading it. And I was, I was always like, yes, now is my time. Like, I don't know. I just, I just felt like, oh, this, this is natural for me. I can do this. And when I was a senior in high school, I started writing poetry on a fairly regular basis. And, and of course it wasn't very good, you know, um, but, but it was good relatively speaking, yeah. you know, it was, it was good for a 17 year old kid. Um, but definitely underdeveloped and, and, and immature, but that's, that's the way things are and that's the way they, they should be. Uh, so I, I started when I was young, but, but then I picked up my guitar in my early twenties and I shifted over to songwriting and started working on that project for for years and years, and and then just just recently over the past couple of years have I kind of like invested a lot more of my my energy into actual writing. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, so, uh, and and I'm connecting some dots here. So please sure. hold hold my hand if if, if I'm getting things yeah. wrong. But my my senses are um, when you speak of uh, the various uh, tribes <laughs> within our faith tradition uh, that maybe we've all tasted and swam in the waters a bit. Um, yeah. I, th- there, there is there is this thing happening, right? Where yeah. um, I think a lot of us are asking. Uh, we're no. We're, we're dropping our answers, and we're arriving at beautiful questions, and we're allowing these beautiful questions to kind of be our answers, right? So you're. We're exchanging certitude, maybe that we were given along the way, and we're now actually getting into, you know, what it means to have uh, faith and, and walk in mystery. Um, talk to me about uh, your journey of, of kind of being becoming more and more comfortable with uncertainty and mystery and the beauty that's there versus uh, a lot of the certitude that maybe our tradition has provided us? Ooh, man. <laughs> uh, that is a question. Uh, well, I would just first say that I'm, I'm still very much in process. Um, and, uh, I, but, but I think uh, similar to so many people that I'm sure you've talked to and, and, uh, 
if, you know, if, if you've been paying attention at all within the world of, of the faith conversation, uh, especially within the body of Christ, um, you know, the term deconstruction is, you know, at this point, it's just overly used and, you know, a little bit, little bit cringy at this point, but nevertheless, there, the, the, the waters that we're swimming in, um, which I, I would describe as this kind of like this convergence of the internet and, uh, I don't know, just, there's just, there's these, these forces at play right now where, um, well, well, when I was a kid growing up in church, the internet wasn't available. So, uh, the smartest person in the room was always the guy in the pulpit. And you just, you know, you read the books that your tribe provided for you and you, you, you received your information from whatever denomination or affiliation you, you had joined. Um, and, and in my case, I, my, my mom and stepdad um, came to faith during the Jesus movement in the early 80s. And we ended up in a little uh, denominational Pentecostal church. And so my early years were very formed in this, you know, dispensationalist theology, like a, like a very hopeless eschatology and, a, um, you know, the left behind yeah. Jesus, the late great planet Earth, all of that nonsense, you know. And it's on you to fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or at least be on the right side of it, right, you know. Right. Um, and so, like, I think in my early 20s, which would have been in the mid-90s, I began to notice the the cracks or the unraveling of the stories that were told to me as a child. And like, you know, whether people know it or not, growing up in church, you're going to end up with a theology of God. Like you're going to have ideas about the way the world works and the way God works. Uh, and then, and then you, you, you grow up and, it's quite possible that you begin having experiences that don't quite uh, align with with the the reality that you think should be, you know. And so, for me, I think um, writing or or just through my art, I've just been trying to work all of those questions out. And I don't even think I have a tremendous amount of comfort yet, but. Um, but I do feel very hopeful about God himself and, and that like if, if somebody was to put a gun to my head and just say, what's the difference between your 49 year old self and your 20 year old self, I would say that I have probably the most hopeful eschatology hmm. possible, hmm. you know, like, like I actually, that I actually believe that in Christ, everything is going to be okay ultimately. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the end, it'll be okay. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Versus, it's all going to hell in a handbasket. Um, I do think maybe this is, and, and maybe that is some of that those present eyes, um, learning how to drop the narrative of it's going to hell in a handbasket, you, you, you are then open to 
the kingdom at hand. It's here. It's now. Heaven is among us. Um, yeah. Which is such a lighter and brighter way to navigate our days. <laughs> well, well, and and it makes more interesting art. Uh, so, so if just coming from an evangelical perspective, and I'm going to speak just generally here, and I and I know my critique is ultimately unfair, but just go with me here for a second. If 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 the evangelical project um, is is mostly to save people f- from the fires of hell, and how you're saved from the fires of hell is to like say this magical formula and or to get people to believe exactly the right things if that is if that's your project then i would say that the art or the songs or the writing or the music that stream out of that that core value they will it, the art will be very limited. It it must it must parrot the mission. There's a, there's a there's like a an essence of propaganda that like must follow that kind of a project, you know. And and so I think that like what you you've already articulated in what you've noticed in my writing and my music is just, is an awareness maybe of the sacredness of quote unquote broken people and broken places and hard situations, maybe the, the, the grittier sides of life. Um, I actually feel permission. My faith gives me permission to visit those places and to describe those places and to tell the story of those places, because I actually think the project is to announce that the kingdom of God is here. And, um, and I think we do that by paying very careful attention to the minute details of the lives that we're living. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know, I know I just would say that there's many people within the body of Christ that would take great exception to what I'm, I'm saying right now. (laughs) Well, if they've, if they've hung around here very long, they they probably haven't come back. Um, Right. But you know, it, it is, it is a non-dual way of seeing the world, right? Like this, this, um, this both and this yin and yang way of navigating reality um, mm. I, I, I think is, is so, so necessary. I mean, this is what, this is what will redeem and heal the world. And I, I use the phrase lighter and brighter all the time. Like we're all mm. longing for something lighter and brighter. It's available, right? It, yeah. It, it, yeah. And it, and it begins with how we see, uh, not being told what to see, being taught yeah. how to see. Um, yeah. And I think that's the great invitation. When I think about my own kids, right? And I'm like, how do we navigate this thing? I'm 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 becoming crazy more interested in in maybe just taking my hands off, honestly, and just just trying to be a place that allows them to find their way of how how they are going to see, rather than saying 
this is what you need to see, and this is what that means, and this is what that'll do in your life. Uh, my, I'm just, yeah, back to the mystery conversation. That's really what we're getting at. Um, beautiful. So let's, I want to chat through your lyrics for a bit. Um, yeah. And, and it would be really easy for me to just pluck one by one and want some of them that rattled my cage. Um, there was one about missing something, missing someone on the liquor aisle that just knocked me over a couple days ago. It was like, I got to get this guy on the horn. Um, you, I, I come up with the phrase, they are surprising. They are some of the most surprising lyrics. Um, you can kind of feel like it's going somewhere and then boom, you shift, you flip the script very quickly, um, which is beautiful. Talk to me about that element of surprise in your lyrics and the intentionality behind that for those of us that get to experience your work. Um, I, yeah, I, I love, I love that you are kind of <clears throat> focusing in on the surprise factor. I, I don't know that I would have even articulated that myself if somebody had asked me to describe what I do in my lyrics. But now that you're putting it that way, I think, and I mentioned this already earlier in this conversation, but I do I I do think I'm a little bit of a provocateur. <laughs> like I I I do enjoy that if if I'm being honest. Um because I I do meet a lot of people within the church who have a very hard time with with things that are either humorous or with things that are absurd. Um, I, I think that the world is filled with so much absurdity. And it seems to me that the church has tried to whitewash absurdity hmm. because they're so afraid of being... Um, uh, they're so afraid of the world finding out that they don't have answers to the absurd that they shy away from anything like that. And um, I want to go the opposite way. If I'm being, if I'm being honest, I, I want to go the opposite way. I want to disclose the fact that there are absolutely things that Christians have no answers for. Um, and all of the pretending that they do, in my mind at least, should be challenged. Mm. And 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 so I think that I I, I don't I don't want my my work to just solely be a challenge. I'm not I'm not trying to you know, go viral with my songs or put things out that are so ridiculous that people, you know, like I've, I've cussed a few times in my, my songs, but I don't do it so that people can say, Oh, Andy Squires is a Christian who cusses. Like that's, that's not, I, I, if, if I'm going to use a cuss word in the, in a song, it has to be, it has to make sense. It has to be for the sake of the song, not, not for being incendiary, but, but I will say that I think that 
many believers need to be confronted with a good dose of reality. Because honestly, I don't think real faith grows inside of illusion. I think it only does its truest work in in places where reality is is the main framework. Yep. yep. Well said. Well said. Um, 100% agree. Um, well, yeah, it is a gift. And I just, I, I feel like I owe that uh, little just bit of gratitude for you for, um, you know, helping, helping us all wake up and, and mm. being, and doing your little part um, mm. of giving us little glimpses of things that you have noticed. You know, the, the, the older I get, the more my heroes become those who have helped me see. Uh, and, yeah. and have uh, not really pointed and said, you got to see this to get that, but just kind of, they, they peel the veil back a little bit to say, there's a little yeah. something, there's a little bit of light for you there. Um, which leads us to Poet Priest Magazine Volume 2. This is coming out mm-hmm. soon. Um, yeah. So how do you describe this? I do not have a copy of your first one. So I'm, I'm only fumbling through what I've seen online of this second one. It looks amazing. Um, it looks yeah. super creative. Talk to me about this latest project that comes out this fall. Yeah, so uh, this is kind of a funny story. I, I made a record called, or an album called Poet Priest that we we launched in um, 2021. And uh, we ran out of marketing money for the record. And... So I just decided to take take some of my songs and start writing these little mini essays based on the themes of the music of the songs. Mm. And man, the funniest thing happened these these posts started going they started going viral. Man, I I I've never seen anything like it. I've never experienced anything like it. I should say, um, and like very quickly the writing was outpacing my my music uh so kind of shifted gears with my team i've got this little this group of uh young uh guys and gals in california who helped me think through this stuff and they're just world-class designers and we just we thought man what would it what would it mean if we took all these little mini essays and put them in a book. Like our, our idea was like a coffee table book. And, uh, and we just gave it a shot, not knowing if it would take off, but our, our first printing of volume one, we sold out in two weeks and uh, yeah. And so we're anticipating, uh, volume two dropping this month. And, um, we, we, in the pre-sales, we, we already sold three times the amounts of, that we did in volume one. So we anticipating it, you know, going, going fairly well. And um, yeah, I'm just super grateful. It's, it's been so interesting. Uh, Like, like you've probably read some of the posts, but you know, every writer uh, like, like half, half of writing is discovering your voice. Mm -hmm. So so what you do as a songwriter, I, I did this for years. I copied all of my heroes 
and until I figured out how to write a song on my own. And then and then eventually in the stride of that, I learned, I found my own voice. Yeah. And that's actually been really gratifying to see with my writing is that uh, it, it, it does appear, at least to my mind, that I, I stumbled across my voice pretty early on. And it, it does seem to be unique. The way, um, the way I'm putting things seems to be resonating. And it's been so interesting because the, the spectrum of folks who are tapping into what I'm, what I'm saying in these posts is... I, I mean, it's it's a very wide spectrum, um, and 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 I always know I'm doing well when in the same week I've upset people on the far left, <laughs> and then the same week I upset people on the far right. You know, I I've at different times created you know some precarious online you know situations for my yeah stirring the pot you know and. And it, what's really fascinating is I never know what that's going to be. Like, I never know what's going to trigger people. Like, last week I, I wrote a post called Take Care of Your Mom and Dad. And it just it felt so simple and pastoral and kind of like very meat and potatoes to me. But, gosh, I got some ugly uh, – hmm. just got some ugly, you know, DMs over that. But but it's it's understandable. It's, it's, it's not like, you know – of course the world is filled with broken relationships between parents and child. So just, just a blank statement, like take care of your mom and dad is going to, it's going to be hard, of course. Um, so, but I just, I just read a Merton quote yesterday that blessed me. And he says, you know, if, if you're, if you're going to write, if you're going to write, write in a way that's potentially going to help people, you're really going to have to be, okay with people taking exception to what you're saying mm -hmm. so I, I thought okay right that's like if somebody like merton can come to that conclusion <laughs> and do it the least that i can do is that right yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um so when does it drop i know that uh pre-sale has already passed us by but when when's uh volume two come out Yes. So the printers, we just got the email from the printers that they will be done with the project on September 15th and they're in Portland, Oregon. So however long it takes to get that, those two pallets from Portland, Oregon to Charlotte, North Carolina, um, I, I anticipate that like a week maybe. Then we start shipping and we start taking orders. And so hopefully by like the last part of September, we are ready to roll. I love it. I love it, man. Uh, I will for sure get a copy. Um, so for an individual like yourself that is putting creative things into the world, um, trying to navigate the great internal questions that we are all trying to uh, work through, like what, what is currently in this latest season, what's currently keeping you curious? Um, well, if you guys don't know Dr. Chris Green, he, I think y'all ought to put him on your radar. He blesses me so much, okay. but he's he wrote this book. He wrote this book called Sanctifying Interpretation. Um, this is just rocking my world right now. Hmm. Uh, Chris, Chris is he's like 
to me, he is a theologian for our day. He, he runs with Brad Jerzak and um, Kenneth Tanner and Father John Bear. Uh, and Brian's on. I'm sure those yep. guys, some of those guys might be on. Oh, yeah. Radar. Yep. Um, but Chris, Chris always gets me stirred up, um, always challenges, challenges me. And then, you know, uh, I don't know, things, music that's keeping me engaged right now. I'm, I mean, I, I'm probably boring people to death with this answer, but I, Bob Dylan is always, he, he's like, he is like source material for me. I mean, I'm always I'm always paying attention to what Bob's doing. So, I just I never get tired of him. Yeah. Yeah. At the point of my life, you know, I'm an I'm an interesting musician in that music. The music side of it is not my primary love. It it is the lyric side that is my primary love, and so that's why guys like. Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen and Paul Simon, all those guys just get me so excited. And um, yeah, so I try to stay, I try to stay drinking from that well as, as often as possible. I love it. I love it. Now you, you kind of danced around this, this question earlier. So we, we may just be revisiting it, but I do always ask everyone like what advice they would give to their, their younger self. Um, and so, you know, I know you mentioned how, how you, how you thought at a younger age and how you're thinking now, but like, if you could, um, and listen, it all belongs, right? Nothing's wasted. Yeah. All the containers, right. all the containers, we needed containers. Yeah. We needed a box to learn there wasn't a box. <laughs> so, yeah. um, what, what advice would you give to your younger self? This is what I would say. I would tell myself, don't be concerned about figuring things out while you're young. Don't be afraid of growing old. Um, that, that the work of the spirit in us takes a lifetime and it's okay to not taste the fruits of your harvest until your middle age and beyond. I think, I think I was so afraid of not being successful when I was young that I, that I pushed, I pushed too hard and I, 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 I needlessly suffered under the weight of my own anxiety. And um, so I would say to just, season your entire life with grace and 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 that's i'm not give, you, saying that as an excuse to not work hard while you're young i mean obviously there there are things to do and to learn when, when we're in our younger years but the youth culture that we we have in america or or in the west anyways often gives us the wrong idea that the things that we're supposed to attain or ascend to if we don't have those things by the time we're 30 we're failures and that's a lie that i would just refute all day long so that's definitely what i would tell my my younger self beautiful well said thank you for that um 
Man, well, I am super grateful for you taking the time and your generosity today. Again, just to tell you, your, your work in the world is beautiful, and my senses are. Uh, it's helping us all tune up into something lighter and brighter. Um, where, can we, where can we send our listeners to follow what you're doing and, and learn more about you? Yeah, the best place is Instagram as far as social media goes. Uh, my handle is at Andy Squires. Squires is spelled S-Q-U-Y-R-E-S. But you can find me on Twitter and Facebook too. But it seems like, uh, well, I know it, Instagram is the thing that, that I'm most active on. And that's where most of my writing gets planted. So For if sure. you're interested in that. Absolutely. You guys make sure you go give Andy a follow there. Uh, I can promise you, you get a copy of Poet Priest Magazine, Volume 2. You will not regret it. And um, man, just thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in the world and for coming on here. Hope we can have you on again down the road in your journey. Um, You've always got a place here. If you ever uh, come cruising through Central Texas, got a place to stay. We'd love to host you. And um, keep on keeping on, my friend. All right. Thanks so much. All right, man. Grace and peace. 